It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, and I work as a minister at the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. The church in Kearney would love to see you. We meet 9.30 for Bible study on Sunday mornings, 10.30 for worship. And whenever you're in the area, look us up. Come worship with us. We would sure love to have you. Uh, now, Gospel Preaching Live is a work that's put out every uh, Sunday night at 6 p.m. Central Time and uh, 7 p.m. on Thursday nights. And so if you have an opportunity to listen, I'd appreciate it. If you have the uh, opportunity to like the sermon after hearing it, if you agree with it and share it, you would you do a lot for me to help spread the message. And I'd appreciate you doing so. Leave comments in the comment section on Facebook and YouTube, and I'll be sure to try to respond to them. And if you are listening on the radio or podcast and you uh, want to, you know, you can't leave comments in the comment section, but you can reach out. Uh, anyone can do this. They can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. And don't forget, all time Central Standard Time. Uh, my email is gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Again, that's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Okay, tonight's lesson is going to have to do with uh, Jesus being our Savior. And we're going to talk tonight about why that's important and why we need to remember uh, this memorial that has been established by Jesus himself so that we don't forget that Jesus is our Savior. Now, as the recording of this lesson, the next day is Memorial Day, and Memorial Day is a, a day when we remember those who have uh, paid the ultimate price in serving our country in the military. And they, uh, they uh, passed away in service to our country. And in so doing, we remember them, we honor them on that special day. And memorials are something that's been established even throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, we have different memorials set up under the law of Moses and under Christ. There's no different. There is a memorial that has been established for us to remember the death of Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And the passage I like to go to is in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 26. The only reason I'm going, there's other passages we can use, but the why, reason I like 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is because the Corinthians were partaking of the Lord's Supper in a manner that was not lawful. And so Paul was correcting them. And so I thought it was uh, always good for me to read how precisely he was saying how to pr properly partake of the Lord's Supper. Let's go ahead and pick up verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death 
until he comes. So you can see then, and I highlighted this, this is something that are partaking of the uh, bread, uh, which is the body of Christ. Um, he says, do this in remembrance of me. And then, of course, the, the, uh, the drink, which uh, uh, is the blood of Christ. He says, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And he says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so the question is, how often is often? Well, that's found in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul, the apostle, talked with them, intending to part on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. So being that Paul was there, and being that they, they did practice taking the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, we have an apostolic example showing that the first day of the week is when the Lord wants us to partake of this memorial of uh, the death of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we do so every Sunday. And we do it every Sunday because that's what we learn from the Sabbath. The Jews were told, for instance, to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, how often did they observe the Sabbath day? Every Sabbath day. And so likewise, we have this example, and we're only uh, basing it off the uh, what the standard that we learn from the Sabbath, but on the first day of the week, uh, we should do this every first day of the week. That's as often as we should take of it. And that's that memorial of Jesus Christ and his death. And so we should gather with the church and uh, remember him on the first day of the week, remember his death. Now, but that's not what I want to preach to you about. What I want to talk to you about is some of the things that Paul said about the emblems themselves. When he talked about the bread, he said, this is my body, which is for you. And I want you to think about that. The body of Christ was for you. Now, of course, we're talking about the body that was laid up on the cross, that sacrifice on the cross, giving up his body for you. And the only way to look upon that is, is a very personal thing. This is a sacrifice that Jesus did for you. And so that should humble us. That should make us think, wow, the Son of God gave up heaven itself, came to this earth, and lived the son of a, a poor a Jewish carpenter. And then when he uh, came of age, he had no place to lay his head. He had no substance of anything. He wasn't rich, in other words. He, uh, he lived a life of sacrifice. And then in the end, the ultimate sacrifice was laying his body up on the cross. And he did that for me. He did that for you. And so when we think about that, we have to take that personal because that's a, a gift that Jesus has done for us. Now, why would he do such a thing? And why is that significant? We have to understand what sin does. And sin has an effect on our relationship to God that, for instance, I don't really understand. Um, I know that from time to time, there are those who are dear to me, as well as I am to them, where you might say we sin against each other. Uh, we might slight each other in some way, or even a grievous sin of some kind. But a lot of times we will gloss over it, 
in order to keep working together and to uh, remain united as a family, as friends, whatever it may be. And, and a lot of times you'll hear that phrase, water on a duck's back. Well, that's exactly what that's talking about. It's talking about just letting something slide off your back and keep going forward in that relationship. God can't do that with our sins. And it may be because he is, you know, he's the Lord of Lords. In Ezekiel 18.4, we read that, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. Now, that is something you're just going to have to accept. That may be different than man, but that's the way it is with God. And God has decreed that whoever sins, they're going to die. That's, that's the, that is the edict. And there's no way to get around that. We, we're just going to have to accept it. We've lost fellowship with the Lord because we have sinned. And when I say we have sinned, that goes to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 when it talks about all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what all men have in common. All men need a Savior because they have sinned and fallen short. And since that's the penalty of sin is death, that we most definitely need a Savior, and we should be searching for such a one. Now, this is an interesting comparison uh, with Jesus because uh, the old law, the law of Moses, that was something that was given to the Jews, but it came, it originated from God. Uh, it was uh, written with the finger of God on Mount Sinai when he gave Moses those Ten Commandments, and uh, it, it originated with him. But notice what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 10.4. It says, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. It's impossible. Now, if a law from God came down with man and given to man, and that law did not take away sins, then, uh, in fact, if we study this more in depth, and I think we will have a, a look at a verse, it just rolls it forward is all that it did. Since it could not take away sin, then we have to ask ourselves, what can man do on his own to take away sin? And he can't. There's just nothing man can do. And so we have to look around and say, what can we do? Yeah. We need a Savior. In the worst possible way, we need a Savior. And luckily, the Lord provided, uh, sending his son on that cross, giving his body for you and me. And so we read this in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 10 through 14. And by that will, the will of God, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. We have been set apart by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. And every priest stands daily at a service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. That's talking about the Levitical priests. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time, until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Now notice he didn't say all men. He's, he, uh, 
he put a condition to this, uh, those who are being sanctified. And so unless you have been set apart, then you have not been perfected. In other words, you your sins have not been cleansed. And you have to be set apart. And how do we know what being set apart means? Well, being obedient to God's word, John 17, 17. Uh, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We, we obey the word of God. And when we obey the word of God, we know that we are being sanctified. And so it's important then that we obey the will of Jesus Christ because it's only through Jesus we're going to be saved. He was that one who offered his body on the cross, and it's that body we look to to understand that that's the only way that we can be saved. Now, in 1 Corinthians 10, 16, it says, the bread that we break, is it not participation in the body of Christ? When we're taking the Lord's Supper, when we partake of that bread, we think about that sacrifice that Jesus gave on the cross and what it enabled us to do. It enabled us to receive the forgiveness of sins. It enabled us to go before God's throne in prayer. It enabled us to be forgiven. And so we understand that as we partake of that bread, we are participating in the body of Christ. In other words, we too are carrying on the Lord's work of giving our bodies back to him. And we read that in Romans chapter 6. When a man is baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, the old man of sin is put to death. The old man of sin is the man who lived his former life the way he wanted to live. But since he was willfully putting that man to death and has decided he was going to give his body to Jesus and live according to the Lord's will, there has to be a burial. And as Jesus was three days and nights in the in the uh, uh, belly of the earth, we have to bury the old man of sin. And so the old man is buried as with Christ in that watery grave of baptism, and he comes up a new man. And that man lives in sacrifice to Jesus. In other words, it's whatever Jesus wants. We live for his will. To live as Christ, to die as gain, as the Apostle Paul put it. And so when we partake of that bread, we understand we are participating in the body of Christ. We're all in. We are one with Jesus. We're in fellowship with him. We are carrying on in his work. And that's a very important point for us to understand when we're thinking about that body that was given for you. That body that was given for you gave you the Savior that you're looking for, but that doesn't mean that was given freely without anything expected from you in return. The Lord expects obedience. He expected obedience before you sinned, and it was that sin that got you into trouble. But Jesus allowed your sins to be forgiven because of his sacrifice. And now that you've made things right with God again, you know, you need to keep obeying. Because remember, sin is a transgression of the law. In other words, when you disobey God or disobey uh, his son Jesus, you have sinned. You have fallen short of the glory of God. 
We don't want to do that. We want to make sure that we carry on the will of Christ. And that's our occupation. Our occupation is a Christian. Our occupation is the work of Christ. That's what we live for. We serve Jesus. And that's it. Anything else is just an act of selfishness. And there's no room for that in the kingdom of, of God. We're going to have to make sure that we live our life unselfishly, making sure that we look to Jesus to serve him and to give ourselves to him. You know, just as it was in Acts 14, Paul and, and uh, I think it was Lystra, uh, they stoned him. They drug him out of the, the city and left him for dead. And then the next day when he came to himself, what did he do? He went back into the city. Why did he do that? <laughs> because he didn't care if he died. He was serving Jesus, and he didn't care if serving Jesus killed him. He didn't care. Uh, he was going to serve Jesus. He was willing to die for Christ uh, because that, that's, he, he was living for Jesus. And that's what the Christian, that's the Christian attitude. We have to be willing to do that very thing. Now, the next point, going back to 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said, or reiterated this about the, uh, what Jesus had said about the Lord's Supper. He said this cup, which, you know, the cup is that fruit of the vine that we take when we partake of the Lord's Supper. He said, the cup is the new covenant in my blood. And so now we're talking about a new covenant, a new testament. We're not talking about an Old Testament, the law of Moses. And we're not even going back to the patriarchal law. We're talking about a new covenant with mankind. And uh, our, I should say not those who are being sanctified, a new covenant with them. And, uh, and it's associated with the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, in Roman, going back to Romans 3, and we're going to look a lot at Romans 3 and, and Hebrews 10, but if we go back to Romans chapter 3, I want you to notice what is said by the Apostle Paul after he said all men had sinned. In verse 24, he said, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Don't ever forget that. Redemption is only found in Christ Jesus. So if you want to be saved and you're looking to Jesus as your Savior, you got to get in Christ. And I challenge you to look to the Scriptures to find out how to do that. Uh, one such passage is Galatians 3.27, where they were baptized into Christ. And a lot of people say, well, I believed. Well, you won't find a passage to say you believe into Christ. You're only going to find passages that say you're baptized into Christ. So I challenge you to look that up. But getting back to our passage, it says the redemption that's in Christ, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to re recede by faith. Propitiation meaning it appeased God. I mean, he was mad. We sinned. He was upset. We didn't have fellowship with him. But now this appeasement uh, has, has been given to God, the blood of Jesus Christ, that perfect and pure blood. And why that is, I don't know. I mean, I've often wondered, why couldn't, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? That doesn't even, you know, in, in the way man thinks, or at least the way I think, why couldn't God just say, okay, from now on, Jesus is your Lord, and I want you to live by this New Testament. 
But that's not the way it could be. In fact, when Jesus was in the garden, what did he pray for? He said, if there, you know, be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Well, obviously there wasn't any other way. This was something he had to do. And so this was the only thing that was going to appease God. And so this is received by faith. This is a teaching about God who is his own personality. And and I have to just accept it because that's what the Bible teaches. And so that's the only way it could be done was through the death of Jesus, the shedding of his blood on the cross. And he goes on to say this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier the one who has faith in Jesus. Now think about that. Those who are just and those who are being justified by God are only those who have faith in Jesus. That gets back to what we were talking about being sanctified. What is having faith in Jesus? Well, Abraham had faith. What did James say about Abraham's faith? Well, he believed God and he obeyed, right? That's how his faith was manifested in his obedience. And so we understand then that if we're going to have faith in Jesus, yes, we believe because we go to God's word and we read the evidence about Jesus and we come away thinking that Jesus Christ is the son of God. There's plenty of evidence in scripture that proves Jesus is the son of God. And so that builds faith in us. We believe that he is the son of God, but that's not the you know, that's not complete. The devils believe and they tremble. That doesn't mean they're saved. No, those who obey based upon that belief. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, nobody can come to God without faith, meaning you're going to have to be willing to, to know what the scriptures teach and then obey it. Uh, and that's what faith is all about. And so we have to have that type of faith in Jesus. We have to listen to him and then do it. And the one who does that is being justified from his former sins. What a, what a relief that should be for everyone. Now, in Hebrews chapter 9, 11, and 12, we read, When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of his creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of blood and of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Now, think about that. Jesus went into heaven with his blood, that pure blood, and it was by means of that blood he was able to secure an eternal redemption. And that's there's a comparison that's being made with what the Levitical priests did under the old law when they would sacrifice uh, the blood of bulls and goats, and then once a year they'd go into the holiest of holies, and uh, that blood would be sprinkled uh, upon the uh, uh, the altar. Um, you know, that, that would push their sins forward. But Jesus went to a place that no man has ever made, no man's seen. And we're talking about heaven itself. And it was through that that Jesus was able to get us that salvation that we're so desperately looking for. It's, it's, it's a monumental event, what Jesus did when he was here on this earth. Think about it. 
He lived his life and didn't sin. That's an absolute, to me, that's just unbelievable that anybody could come and live without sin. But Jesus did that. Now, in Hebrews chapter 9, 14 and 15, we read how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. All right, so under that law of Moses, there was a lot of Jews who had sinned or under even the patriarchal law. Those who disobeyed God sinned. And, of course, with the death that Jesus uh, committed, committed, with the death of Jesus uh, and his blood, we have a new covenant, and it's through that we are able to uh, receive the forgiveness of sins. It's again, it's it's something that uh, uh, is, is it's truly a what a blessing. We needed a savior, and we got one in Jesus, and it wasn't easy, wasn't easy at all. First Corinthians ten sixteen, the cup of blessing that we bless is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? That's right. Yes, we're telling everybody as we show the Lord's death till he comes that we are part of that new covenant. Uh, We uh, have had our sins taken away because of the blood of Jesus. He was able to go into heaven and receive our pardon for us. And so because of that, uh, we are ever so thankful that he has done that and enabled us to receive forgiveness of sins. I don't mean that every man is taking advantage of it, but uh, every man should take advantage of it because everybody needs to have Jesus as their Savior. I want to leave you with a few verses here. Hebrews 12, 25 says, See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. That would be Jesus. Because when we preach under the new covenant, we're speaking his words. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. That's right. The word comes from God. And uh, those Old Testament prophets, um, you know, they warned the Jews and they didn't listen. And so we need to make sure that we listen to Jesus and obey his words. Hebrews 12, 28, 29 says, Therefore, let us be grateful we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God as a consuming fire. Yeah, I like that phrase, acceptable worship. How do you know it's acceptable? Unless God tells you he accepts it. And so again, that goes back to making sure, uh, John four twenty four, we worship God in spirit and in truth. In other words, Jesus in his new covenant tells us what is acceptable worship, and that's what we offer. And we do so with reverence and awe. And that's what we should be partaking of the Lord's Supper with reverence and awe. We needed a savior and it was provided. And uh, we need, we really need to take advantage of that. Uh, John 14, verse 6, never forget this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the only way possible. So you need Jesus as your Savior. 
And I would really invite you to do that and then uh, be obedient to his will. And by being, you know, baptized into Christ for the remission of sins, and then you can start going and, and worshiping with the brethren. And on the first day of the week, you can also take part in partaking of the Lord's Supper. And that's something that every Christian does, and I would pray every person would do. All right, that's your lesson for today. I hope it's been beneficial. If you're ever in Kearney, Missouri, as I said earlier, come and worship with us. We're at 406 North Clark. You can learn about the church by going to kearneychurch.com. We meet uh, for Bible study at 9.30 Sunday morning, 10.30 for worship. And uh, sure hope that uh, we get to see you one of these days. If you like this lesson, want to hear more like it, tune in KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. And if you cannot uh, pick it up because uh, you live outside of Kearney, then you can stream it. They got an app you can download or you can just stream it on whatever you use to stream. But uh, you can stream the uh, signal and be able to listen to the lesson wherever you're at. Gospel Preaching Live, as well as Brand Spirits, which is an internet Bible study that I take part in with uh, two other preachers, where we invite those on Facebook and YouTube to take part by making comments. Uh, these are all podcasts and put on Spotify. So look for them on Spotify. And if it's not on the, the uh, uh, server that you use, let me know what you use to be able to download your podcast, and I'll try to get it on there. But Berean Spirits airs, airs every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central Time. And again, go to carnychurch.com, press on the Facebook, YouTube, or Berean Spirits app, and it'll take you there live. But don't worry uh, if you don't if you can't watch it live, it's always left up. And so you can watch past episodes. Okay, that's all I got for you. Uh, Lord willing, I will come to you again this Thursday at 7 p.m. Until the next time, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes and to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.